Hi, everybody. I'm Richard Roberts, and welcome to the Expect a Miracle podcast. Glad you could join me today. I'd like to talk to you for a few moments about the secret of life. Well, Richard, what is the secret of life? Well, I believe the secret of life is in expecting miracles, expecting the supernatural intervention of God into our daily lives. Three things I want to share with you. Number one, I believe in miracles. Number two, I expect miracles to happen on a daily basis. And number three, I have faith to support my belief in miracles. Now, (laughs) the scientific community in our world is working feverishly to debunk every miracle known to man. For example, (laughs) they say, the reason that Moses was able to lead the children of Israel across the Red Sea is because he found a place where the water was only six inches deep. Well, you know, that's an even bigger miracle than I thought because that means the entire Egyptian army drowned in six inches of water. (laughs) If you look online, you'll find lots of websites devoted to disproving what many of us hold sacred and dear to our core beliefs. Why are they doing this? Well, I'm not sure I can answer that question. I, I don't know why. Um, imagine if they committed the same energy to proving miracles as opposed to disproving them. Imagine how the daily lives of people would be changed if they just knew there was a possibility of the miracle power of God. You know, in my early 20s, I spent a lot of time with Catherine Kuhlman. Now, many of you will remember who Catherine Kuhlman was. Some of you may not know that name before. Catherine was an outstanding evangelist one of the most powerful women in ministry that that I've ever known in my life. I spent a lot of time with her. I traveled with her for several years. In those days, I was not yet preaching. I was singing and giving my testimony. And I traveled to many of her crusades and was on her television program a number of times. She taped her programs at the old CBS studios in Hollywood. And I was with her a great deal of the time. She went home to be with the Lord in 1976. And my father actually ministered and preached her funeral service. She and my dad and my mother were great friends, and I was a great friend to her as well. And she used to say, I believe in miracles. That's how she would start her television program. And her tombstone, which is at uh, Forest Lawn in Glendale, California, says, I believe in miracles, Catherine Kuhlman. I've seen it. I've been there. Not only do I believe in miracles, but I expect them to happen on a daily basis. The Bible tells me that my faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of that which I have not yet seen. Now, that's what I call miracle faith. My faith tells me that there is nothing too hard for God. No matter what you're going through, it's not too hard for God to handle. Just look at miracles that happen in our natural world on a regular basis. Take, for example, you plant a little seed and and you put some water on it and cover it over with dirt. And before long, that seed is going to sprout and it's going to begin to come up through the earth. Now, that's a miracle. How does that happen? Well, the scientists cannot really tell you how a seed goes into the ground and dies and springs to life. It's a miracle. That's why you can't explain it. Look at the procreative ability that God has given mankind to create new life. You know, when our three daughters were born, I remember saying, that's a miracle. You know, when Jordan was born, when Olivia was born, when Chloe was born, as my wife gave birth, I I said, that's a miracle. I I wept 
Every time I take a breath, every time I take, take a step, I'm demonstrating the living proof that I am a walking miracle. Just the fact that God uses me in the healing ministry is a miracle. No one is more shocked than I'm shocked when I pray for someone and God miraculously heals them. And I've had hundreds of thousands of testimonies that come in on a regular basis telling me that when I prayed for someone, they got healed. It's a miracle. I remember just recently I prayed for a woman who was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And several weeks later, she called the prayer group and said, the doctors say there's no more cancer. Now, I don't take credit for that. Now, I'm the one that prayed, but I'm just, I'm, I'm in shock that God would use me like that. And you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't want to grow up and be a, an evangelist in the healing ministry. No, I wanted to be a nightclub entertainer. <laughs> I was on my way to Las Vegas. I was uh, uh, signing a contract with the Sahara Hotel in Las Vegas to sing in their, in their clubs, to sing in their lounges. But God got a hold of my life. He turned my life around, called me into the ministry. I didn't dream of preaching the gospel and praying for the sick, but God did. It's a miracle. And by the way, miracles are not just hit or miss. By faith, you can tap into God's miracle supply. Are you listening to me? You can tap in to God's miracle supply. I'm talking about his miracle supply. He's always ready to do a miracle in your life. But first of all, you got to remember you're not a spectator. This is not a spectator sport. You are to be an active participant. And here are some faith action steps that you can take. And I hope you get a pad and paper, a paper, a pen, uh, or use your smartphone and uh, take these things down. I believe these faith action steps will be a blessing. Number one, worship the Lord every morning. Are you writing that down? Worship the Lord every morning. Usually, in my own personal life, I wake up between 4 and 5 a.m. This morning, it was 4.45. Yesterday, it was 4.24. Usually somewhere between 4 and 5 a.m. Every morning, no matter where I am in the world, I wake up. And I don't just continue to lie in bed. I get up out of the bed, and I go into my prayer room, and I begin to worship the Lord. Well, does the Bible talk about that? Well, of course it does. Psalm 34, verse 1 says, His praise will always be on my lips. Now, don't think that just because you love God, his blessings will flow. Worshiping him is an important thing to do. It puts God at the head of your life and at the head of your circumstances. And it tells the devil that your life is in the hands of God. My longtime friend, Kenneth Copeland says, praise is your big gun of faith. <laughs> Look at Paul and Silas in prison. They were beaten they were bloody, they were put in chains, and put in the prison. About midnight, they began to praise God. Now, they weren't praising God because they'd been beaten. Nobody in their right mind would praise God because they'd been beaten and bloodied. But in spite of the beating, they began to praise God. And in the middle of their praising God, there was an earthquake. And the prison was shaken, and the doors were opened. And the jailer, who was asleep awakened and looked down the hallway and the jailer saw all the jail doors open and thought maybe the prisoners had escaped. So he pulled out his knife to commit suicide because he knew if he were put on trial, he would be killed anyway because all those prisoners would have escaped. But none of them had escaped. Paul and Silas and the others were still there. And Paul yelled, don't do it. We're still here. Paul wound up leading him to the Lord and his family too. Worship the Lord every morning. Well, how do I worship the Lord? Lord, I worship you. 
I give you honor. I give you praise. I give you glory. You're my God and I'm your child. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul rejoice. Take joy, my king, in what you hear. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. I, I wake up praising the Lord. I, I quote scriptures. I quote the, the 91st Psalm, the 101st Psalm. I quote the 23rd Psalm. I quote the Lord's Prayer. I do it every day. I did it this morning. As I said, it was 4.55 this morning when I rolled out of bed and went into my prayer room. Worship the Lord every morning. Second, remember to forgive. Mark chapter 11, verse 25 says, and whenever you stand praying, forgive. Are you holding something against somebody? Forgive them. Let them go. Unforgiveness isn't going to help them. It hurt them. It's only going to hurt you. Forgiveness is critical. Forgiving someone who has hurt you or offended you is a pathway to your own healing. Really, forgiveness is as much for you as it is for them. You know, my wife, Lindsay, says that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It won't hurt them, but it'll kill you. Let it go. Let it go. Give them to God. Let God handle them. Number three, listen for the whistle. Now, what do you mean, Richard, listen for the whistle? Well, Romans 8.14 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. In the early days of cell phones, you often heard people say, uh, Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Do you have me? You remember, you remember that in the old, old days? And sometimes <laughs> these days too. Well, the real question is, can you hear God? Are you listening for his still, small voice? Now, Richard, you said listen to the whistle. What do you mean by that? My dad used to tell a great old story. Hundreds of years ago, in the trackless deserts of Arabia, there was a horse trainer, and he trained horses for the king. One of the methods that he used was by blowing a whistle. He always had a whistle with him. And as he trained the horses, he trained them at a certain point, he would blow the whistle and they would come trotting back to him. No matter what exercise or pace he put them through, at some point he would blow the whistle and the whistle was a signal that they were to trot back to him. And their final test was going a long period of time without water when they were absolutely parched and so thirsty they could hardly stand up, he would release them to go to the water. And the horses would run and make a mad dash toward the water, and just about the time they were to put their muzzles in the water, he would blow the whistle. And the horses, whose ears were pricked and turned around and trotted back to him, graduated. And those who put their muzzles in the water and drank went back to school. And the ones that trotted back to him were the ones that were given to the king. Listen for the whistle. Listen for the voice of God. Does God still speak? Oh, absolutely. The question is not, does he speak? The question is, do you listen when he speaks? And then do you obey? When you're all wrapped up and thinking only about your troubles and needs, the noise and confusion may be just too loud around you to block out God's still voice. But if you listen, if you listen for the whistle, you'll hear the voice of God. Number four, you can't just believe it. You gotta say it. Mark eleven twenty three 23 says, whoever shall say unto this mountain, 
be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea. And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that the things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. Words. Words, words, the words you say are very important. God created everything you can see from what you cannot see with his words. What you say, watch your words. Watch what comes out of your mouth. Watch what you call people. You and I have the same creative ability if we'll just do it. (laughs) Some people pour gasoline on their faith by the negative things they say. Don't, Don't say that. Speak God's words. Speak positive, not negative. Number five, pray until the pain stops and don't take no for an answer. When our children were little, Lindsay had a car that was two-door and had a kind of seat that you fold down. Remember those old, old kind of cars that you fold the seat forward to put the, put the people in the back? She put our, our daughter Jordan in her little car seat in the back, fastened her in, and she pulled the, the, the main seat back and got Jordan's foot caught in it and smashed it. And Jordan just began to wail and cry, wail and cry, and Lindsay tried to figure out what she had done and realized she had smashed Jordan's foot, and Jordan was just wailing, Mama, pray, Mama, pray, Mama, pray. And Lindsay began praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, laid hands on her prayer. Jordan was just crying, Mama, pray, Mama, pray, Mama, pray. And Lindsay just kept praying and praying, Mama, pray, Mama, pray. She just kept praying, Mama, pray, Mama, pray. And finally, Lindsay said, Jordan, how long do you want me to pray? Jordan said, till the pain stops. Pray and just keep praying. Hallelujah. Pray until the pain stops. Never accept a bad report as final. Remember 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, all the promises of God are yes and amen in him. Circumstances may say it's over, but it's not over until God says it's over. Number six, don't be a doubter. The world is full of doubters. The world is full of people who say, well, I doubt that. I don't believe that. Don't be like that. Mark 5, chapter uh, verse 3 says, don't be afraid, just believe. Whenever you take a stand in faith, the devil will be right there pulling out every trick in his bag. He'll say, you'll never get that miracle. You don't deserve it. Look at your past. Remember all your failures. Remember all the times you blew it. Just tell him to get the hell out of your life. Don't believe his deceptive lies. Just believe God. You know, people told Jairus in the Bible that his daughter had died, but Jesus said, don't be afraid. She's only sleeping. Well, who was he going to believe? And the scripture says, whose report shall you believe? He believed Jesus' report. And Jesus raised that little girl up. Praise God. Don't be a doubter. And number seven. Don't just sit there. Do something. James 2, verse 26 says, Faith without corresponding action is dead. Your faith alone will not get the job done, for faith must become action. Remember when Jesus was at the wedding in Cana, he had not yet entered his ministry, and they ran out of wine. And they came to Jesus' mother, Mary, and said, He's, we've run out of wine. What do we do? And she turned to Jesus. And Jesus said, Mother, my time has not yet come. <laughs> she must have smiled. I'd like to have seen her face. I'd like to have seen the wry smile on Mary's face. And he, she turned uh, to the leaders and said, Whatever he tells you to do, you do. 
Jesus must have smiled back and said, fill the water containers with water. And they filled them up. And he said, now pour it out. And the water had been changed into wine. It's an action. She said, whatever he says, do, do. It's not just believing. It's putting your faith in action. Then number eight, it's time to sow. There's nothing in life greater than sowing unto the Lord. Sowing your love, your time, your money, your prayers, your smiles. Now, you can't buy a miracle. Miracles aren't for sale. But sowing into the Lord opens the pathway for miracles. So many times in my life, when I plant a seed, that's when the miracles begin to come. Number nine, wait upon the Lord with expectancy. Isaiah 40, verse 31 says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Sometimes miracles come immediately. Sometimes they come over a period of time. Okay? Don't stop believing. And number 10, remember that nothing is too hard for God. Mark 9, 23 says, All things are possible to those who believe. The spirit of expectancy is the key to receive your miracle. It may seem impossible in the natural, but keep your eyes upon God. Remember, the secret of life is in expecting miracles. Number one, I believe in miracles. Number two, I expect miracles to happen every day. And number three, I have faith. God's given it to me. I have faith to support my belief in miracles. And remember the words of Catherine Kuhlman, I believe in miracles. And Father, in the authority of Jesus' name, I pray over everyone listening to my voice. I plead the precious blood of Jesus over you, my friend. I call you healed, whole, and well in every area of your life. I resist the devil and command him to flee. I pray for every part of your life to be healed, delivered, and set free in the authority of Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Praise God. If you need special prayer, you can call the Abundant Life Prayer Group at 918-495-7777 online, richardroberts.org. Uh, I pray and believe it'll be a blessing in your life. Thanks for joining us each week on television, also on our new Healing Network, the Healing Network, which is online. God bless all of you, and I'll see you or talk to you, I should say, next time here on the podcast. Join Lindsay Roberts and Melissa Lee for an inspiring new program, Bookmark. With thought-provoking discussion on current book releases, Lindsay and Melissa provide fresh insight from a biblical perspective and with a lot of fun. Bookmark can inspire you to see your world through the lens of faith and God's empowering word. Grab that cup of coffee and tune into Bookmark with Lindsay and Melissa, only on The Healing Network.